Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again with another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, we'll uh, we'll do a little coaching search episode here. Uh, focus kind of a conversation on the characters that we think have a legitimate chance at this point in the process. We'll give you our ideas to Bob Stoops and where Florida State currently stands and uh, hopefully give people a little bit better ideas to how this process plays itself out, uh, some of the components that are uh, involved in a search. And uh, hey, look forward. This should be a, a fun little episode to do. So as always, thank you to the people in New Iberia, Louisiana. Louisiana hot sauce. Put it on my breakfast. Put it on my dinner. Uh, use it at work. It's brilliant. We're lucky to be able to work with them. And uh, they make everything possible as our title sponsor. And with that, bud, let's get into some uh, coaching hot board podcast edition of the Nolcast. Let's do that, man. I'm excited to do this tonight. Uh, a, a lot has happened on message boards, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram is apparently now an information source. A lot of people adding us and saying, hey, can you comment on this? Or hitting us up in the DMs. Hey, this, this is what I'm hearing. And I'm like, you got a link on that? Because typically the people who report this kind of stuff, they, they have links. And, and they, they do this kind of stuff for a living. And they're pretty good at it. So, here's what's happened since we last recorded. Nothing, basically, right? We had we had a couple of reports out from TV stations, from uh, radio people in far off lands, saying that the deal was imminent or that it was a done deal, right? And uh, and all all that kind of stuff. We'll get into that. I just want to let you all know um, that things don't typically <laughs> move that fast. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, we, we just been kind of sitting back and Ingram and I and a couple other media members just been texting about it and saying, this is, uh, we're just going to kind of let these people, uh, show their behinds, if you will, on Twitter. And then I was like, where, where's all the new news yesterday? I mean, damn, like, like Tuesday was kind of tame, you know, compared to. Compared to Monday, Monday we got done deal and all this other stuff, and, and today head coach and wing positions that tech, that don't really exist in college football anymore. Uh, right, yeah, we're we're, we're going to spoil all this. Let, let's first start with this though, because this is important. Flor- here's something that actually did happen. Florida State announced that it had retained a search firm. Uh, the search firm is DHR International. They are a uh, one of about four uh, of the major coaching search firms. Um, and depending on who you ask, their reputation is kind of mixed. Some people like them a lot. Some people don't like them as much. Uh, I, I, I asked around on that. One guy told me, he's like, I don't know if it's the one that I would pick if I had to do like a super broad, you know, long ranging search. But at the same time, you know, if I, like, like they, they do have good connections. And if I need somebody vetted and, and you know, the arrangements made, especially if I knew who I wanted, that, that would make a lot of sense to go with them. The main guy there is uh, Glenn Suyama, uh, and I asked around. Here are some of his recent searches. There was a report out there that, like, his recent searches were Charlie Weiss, Kansas, and a couple other things that <laughs> has failed. Per- maybe perhaps cherry-picked in a, a, an interesting manner. Yeah, it made me wonder, like, did the website that put that out is maybe their, one of their main sources, one of the other, like, competitor search firms? Uh, so... Here are some other ones that they've actually done that have actually worked out fairly well. So, uh, other than Charlie Weiss, Kansas, which certainly has not. They did Chad Morse, Arkansas. That also has not worked out. They might only win two games this year, and they look absolutely terrible. 
however, uh, they did Jeff Brom at Purdue. I think most people feel like Jeff Brom is, is doing a pretty good job at Purdue, although they are on their third-string quarterback this year. Uh, they did manage to beat Nebraska with him the other day. So good stuff there. Jason Candle at Toledo uh, has had a real nice run at Toledo so far. I don't know if you all followed the MAC or not, but uh, he's been one of the better coaches in the MAC for a while now. Lane Kiffin uh, of FAU certainly uh, has done a decent job at FAU. Not lit the world on fire, but but decent. Seth Luttrell at North Texas last year uh, was actually uh, was going to take the Kansas State job, and then I think they were trying to dictate who he want who he was going to have to hire as his assistants, and he was like, "No, I'll, I'll stay at North Texas." So clearly, somebody who's been in demand, uh, and then also Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. So that worked out real well for Stanford, I would say, after uh, basically just no success uh, for the longest time with the Cardinal. Uh, I think it's important that Florida State retains the search firm in, in, in this matter, simply because Florida State's athletic director is David Coburn, and David Coburn, I'm not going to call him an accountant, but he's certainly not somebody who has longstanding relationships in the athletics industry. He's not one of these lifer AD types, right? And so you really do need somebody who can help you with connections out there. I mean, David Coburn has never run a coaching search, like a, a football coaching search, at least. I mean, a basketball search is, you know, a little bit different, um, clearly. But uh, but I thought that was that was interesting to note there. I, would you agree that it would be important for, g- given who is running this search for Florida State, um, that, uh, that that would matter? I think you got to – I think you got to know what you know, and maybe sometimes more importantly in life, know what you don't know. And uh, if if somebody with his background wants to turn over the reins to an extent, or at least uh, the early stages or part of the process, then I'm all for it. And I think Florida State, uh, like we said in the previous podcast, do they have to nail this? Does this have to be the perfect hire? No, it doesn't. But it damn well needs to be a good one. And you have to find some form of stability. Uh, and if the search form is part of the process that they want to go about making sure they maximize their chances to find that stability, then I'm all for it. And I, th- I think it's a smart move. I would agree. Um, they also, uh, obviously, they, they identify candidates they think could be a fit for your school after talking with you and you know, figuring out what you would like. Uh, they really, and this is a big one, they help with logistics of, of meetings, right? Like, Instead of just having a college coach come to your campus to interview and walk right in the front door of the, of the Moore Center, good Lord, uh, they'll set up stuff. For instance, where did Taggart and Florida State talk last year? I'm pretty sure it was Phoenix. Uh, so, you know, something to think about there. Uh, they conduct background checks. They they help with a lot of logistics and stuff. Uh, and they help fill in the knowledge gap. That There's a lot of stuff that you as a, as a committee um, may not know. Uh, I also want to note here who are like the important players in FSU search. Uh, I, I spoke um, with someone who would be involved in the process, and in his opinion, here is the sort of like important uh, group. So obviously, John Thrasher, David Coburn, uh, Bob Davis, Doug Russell, Ed Burr, uh, DeVoe Moore, uh, and then obviously they're going to have a, a faculty athletics uh, representation. Yeah. Um, and so that, that would be uh, Dr. Pamela uh, Peru. So anyway, that's, uh, that's kind of what I have there from somebody on the inside as far as uh, who most of the key players will be in terms of, of Florida State's search. That's a good 
good group of people from the boosters, including like a booster, uh, like a major one, um, somebody from the faculty, the school president, uh, board of trustee chair, you know, athletic director. Um, pretty standard, well-rounded group there as far as what you would uh, what you'd be looking for. Um, all right, so that's kind of what a search firm does. Just a lot of people had questions in the email, in the Patreon. Hey, what does a search firm actually do? And so a lot of it is logistics. They're not just out, hey, we found a guy for you today. No, it's, it's helping set up things. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about Bob Stoops because we mentioned him on the last podcast, not as someone who was uh, a done deal, but rather uh, as someone who we believed Florida State uh, had number one on their list. Not necessarily that, that Florida State was number one on his list or anything like that. Okay, so um, we started off this, and uh, let's maybe take a, a just a short trip into like how some of the ridiculous stories and storylines uh, that came about. What was it uh, Monday evening and or Monday, and then by Monday evening it had kind of accelerated at a pace that um, was uh, borderline laughable. Um, so the past last time Florida State filled this position, they reached out to Bob Stoops and uh, basically got like a polite, uh, you know, GFY or something like that. It, it wasn't exactly, uh, yeah, we'll entertain this idea. And um, I think that Florida State had positive initial response and felt that that was, um, maybe some made more of it than than they should have maybe the idea that you didn't get an immediate no uh bred some form of optimism that took a momentum that kind of got out of control i completely agree there um in fact one of these twitter insiders texted me hey have you heard this done deal stuff and i said yeah i have heard that and then shortly thereafter uh he put that out that it was a done deal and i was like uh dude just because I had heard that doesn't mean like, you know, I would, I would run with it, right? I haven't verified it. I certainly don't have two independent sources on it, but that's kind of the difference in reporting. That's two source <laughs> confirmation right there, definitely. Uh, so Ingram and I absolutely had the same info that was coming out, as did, I know for a fact, uh, I believe, two four, I know 247 had, had heard that kind of stuff and also chose not to run with it because, like, they follow journalistic practices and a couple other places too. Uh, so yeah, like guys, there was no done deal on Sunday or Monday. That's, that's just not the case at all. Um, but I do think that you're right that Florida State reached out. Clearly you would be sort of derelict, I think, not to reach out to a guy like Bob Stoops when you're in, in this situation. And I think that they were uh, encouraged that they didn't get totally shut down, right? Um, not like called Bob Stoops, but you would talk to people who know Stoops or you would talk to Stoops representative, that those type of things. Not uh, obviously not like, hey, Bob, what's, what's going on today? Not that, not that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> and I do think that people who use boosters as their source, particularly people who like might know a platinum chief and like they consider that like a really, really high level source, that it would be very easy to understand how that person could get wind that, hey, like Florida State thinks it may have a shot here. Uh, and 
and and take and kind of run with that. And and, and the, the telephone gets passed around and all of a sudden it becomes a, a done deal. I was a little surprised that some of like the fringe media ran with this. Um, you know, like I know some players on the team thought that like it was a done deal because somebody was feeding them information, but that's clearly not the case. Um, I also really laughed at the idea that the head coach in waiting, Kendall Bryles. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a funny one. Um, hmm. Well, yeah, just the idea that after eight games, uh, anybody is going to shake Kendall Bryles' hand and tell him, formal or informal, that <laughs> the desire is for him to be the head coach at Florida State is uh, is hilarious to me. And it's hilarious at that point, and when you extend it to the fact that the position basically has been made extinct via NCAA rules and particular rules tied to recruiting, um, yeah, if, if that's the story that's uh, letting you know that Bob Stoops is coming, I would put a, uh, a large, large degree of, of skepticism to it. Also, um, I checked, like, some people in the Big 12 are not real convinced that uh, that that uh, Bob Stoops would be working would would, uh, would be working um, with Browns. We made uh, we made reference to this on the last podcast and said, "Hey, look is there is there a hopeful appeal that maybe you could work with some of the uh, pieces included and that you could incorporate uh, Kendall Browns and, and Clements and some of the other things and uh, and work with him and have him uh, develop as a coach as others have under Stoops's." Wing, uh, but we also mentioned that there's a backstory there, and there's some animosity there tied to some very real uh, bad blood that existed between the two programs, and that it would not, you know, there, there, it, it would be very, very complicated to steal uh, one of the original Facebook relationship statuses. I I completely agree there. Um, headline: Tulsa Montgomery Bay. Baylor Bryles offer apology to Oklahoma for Bears assistant who watched game from the hurricane sideline. Tulsa World Herald, uh, September twenty second, twenty fifteen. Have we ever told this exact story on the uh, on the show? I, do, I feel like we might have alluded to this a couple years ago, but I don't know that we we went into detail. Here's the exact reason why you might have some bad blood uh, residual between Stoops and Bryles, right? And that Baylor staff. Baylor assistant coach Jeff Levy, he's now at UCF was on the Tulsa sideline during Saturday's game in Oklahoma. Bob Stoops, during his Monday press conference, said he wasn't aware of the presence until after the contest. Levy's attendance would break the NCAA bylaw 11.6.1, which prohibits off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents. I didn't find that until out until after the game, Stoops said. That's a pretty fundamental rule. That's not allowed. I don't know what he was doing here. Does that bring up bigger concerns to Stoops? Quote, that's something that needs to be reported and dealt with through the Big 12 office and our people, Stoops said. I'm sure they will. I have a team to coach. They'll handle those matters, and I'm sure. I'm sure the NCAA will. Uh, Tulsa uh, first-year coach Philip Montgomery, blah, 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 said, obviously it was a mistake and a poor decision on my part to leave a credential for Jeff and his wife. They were in Oklahoma City, Norman area for a wedding and came to the game to support me. There's no malicious intent on my part. Uh, I've known Jeff since he was in sixth grade. I called our coach today and apologized for the situation, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Bryle said, if I had been aware that situation would have never happened, when I found out, we alerted the proper officials on both sides, and I actually called Coach Stoops after the game Saturday and told him that I was sorry that we had a guy on their sideline. Uh, he said, and it's it's embarrassing to me, quite honestly. To me, there's not an advantage first and foremost in today's world. I mean, we had every film that they ever got and that they got every film we ever got. 
and so there would be no in-house discipline. Um, now, you know why somebody would be real mad about having an, an, like an assistant coach for an upcoming game? Because Oklahoma had not played Baylor at that point yet, right? It was a game that was still coming up. Maybe if you were trying to pick their defensive signals, I'm not saying that's what Levy was doing, but if I was Coach Stoops, I would be concerned about that, right? Because some of the film you get may not include uh, exactly what they're signaling. <laughs> In fact, I'm fairly certain it would not. Um, yeah, and who's the defensive coordinator on that Oklahoma team in 2015? Oh, that's right. It was Mike Stoops, Bob's brother. So the Bryles staff, you could infer, uh, might have had some nefarious motives for being on the sideline of Tulsa when they were playing Oklahoma, given that Baylor was playing an upcoming game uh, against Oklahoma. There's also some recruiting stuff that, that had gone on there in, in the Big 12. And I, I talked to some people I know who cover the Big 12, and they're like, yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if uh, um, if Bob Stoops was was going to make Kendall Browse the head coach in waiting. Despite, I mean, obviously you already mentioned that that's not a thing anymore because you can't recruit like an assistant if you're the head coach in waiting. You're subject to the head coach uh, recruiting rules which is basically the Jimbo Fisher rule, if we're being honest here. It's pretty pretty much limited to campus recruiting, correct? On-campus recruiting? Well, you can do the off-campus, but you only get like the certain number of in-home visits. You're, you're, you're a lot more limited than, than the assistants are. You're, like fewer number of days off-campus, off all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm like, immediately I was like, uh, head coach and waiting, definitely not. Staying on staff, some skepticism, but I mean, certainly – like, I can't 100% rule that out if Stoops were to come, which I am not saying he is, and I have a lot of skepticism that he is. Uh, now, the other thing that was reported was Levitt was going to stay on as the defensive coordinator, which, again, typically guys do not fill out their staffs and, uh, like, accept a deal in just 24 hours after the, the head coach was fired. Even if that was going to happen, like if they had accepted it behind the scenes, there's no way they would announce that because then it would look like they had been negotiating behind the current head or the, the former head coach's back while he was still employed. And that's just bad form and not really smart business to do, right? I mean, you see where I'm going with this? So I think some common sense could have assisted that reporting there. Um, also, the people who reported that Bob Stoops was on campus and at the Moore Center just saying, remember some of these things, right, guys? Like, next time you're like, hey, why aren't you guys reporting this? Because it's not true. And we, like, yeah, anyway. So, let's evaluate the realness of this Stoops stuff. We have some good reasons to think that Stoops, like, may not have told Florida State no. And we have some reasons to think that, that Bob Stoops has no interest in, in this job. In fact, we have sources on both sides of this aisle saying, yeah, like, we think there's some chance that he goes to Florida State. We have some people saying, no, like he's he's not going to go to Florida State. Going through a divorce? Issues dividing property. Questions about alimony. Disputes over child support or visitation? Maybe some problems enforcing the terms of an existing order? Or do you want to modify a prior visitation or support order? Maybe you need a prenup. What about adoption? Or acts of, of alleged domestic violence? Do you want to appeal a final judgment? We know the guy to call. Travis Johnson board-certified family law attorney of the Metter and Johnson Law Firm. There's only 280 board-certified family law attorneys in the state of Florida. That's out of over 110,000 total attorneys. 
He knows what he's doing. A decade of experience. This is not something you want to screw up. You want to get this right the first time. Travis Johnson is an experienced attorney you can trust. 850-435-9919. It's 850-435-9919. Travis Johnson of the Metter and Johnson Law Firm. So let's go ahead and start with believing it's real, right? Like believing, I'm not saying believe me, he's coming. I don't twist my words here. But like, I think what we're trying to say here is believing that the interest in soup side is non-zero. Is that fair to say? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So if, uh, first of all, I, um, not that my pretend, uh, opinion particularly matters on staffing issues at Florida State, but I, I've been generally impressed with uh, Coburn and the way that he's handled himself and uh, the way that he's gone about addressing the media and having some explanations at a level that maybe I wouldn't have expected from him. And I don't think that uh, that your athletic director would tell the Tallahassee Democrat that he's a candidate just just cause. I, I mean, there would be no real reason to drop somebody's name like that. You don't. If anything, you set yourself up for failure, um, and you you set yourself up to be uh, you know be the first of uh, however many that don't tell you yes. I, I, that's a serious man who seems to approach life in a, in a pretty serious and uh, and also upfront fashion. I I don't think you speak to the local paper if this is all just uh, that that the guy that you contacted told you to go to hell. But thanks for making a phone call. I completely agree with you. I, I think that that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, the other thing I think that makes us think that there is. Something to the pursuit of Stoops. Not that Stoops is going to take the job, but that Florida State is not just completely spinning its wheels. Is that we're not hearing a lot of other like real serious names, either from our Florida State side or uh, from our agent contacts. And obviously, I've made some agent contacts over the years because I know some coaches and because I've done coaching search stuff before. And I have some people who are also in the coaching search industry. So we would hear more about, hey, like, what are you hearing now? And we usually swap info, right? And say, okay, no, I'm, I'm hearing this. And they're saying, okay, I'm hearing this. And hey, one of our guys is going to have a shot at this job. Let me know if, if you think this. And I've had people, you know, come to me and say, all right, which coaches on this staff would you keep if one of our guys, you know, wants to, or like, like is going to get, um, you know, is going to get this job. We'd like to be like, yeah, like he has some interest in this dude because he knows he's done a good job recruiting and, in the state like this, that that type of stuff, um, you know. So we're not really hearing that right now. We're not hearing okay, Florida State has these guys lined up as as two, three, four, five, six. It seems like they are uh, very much intent on uh, um, on trying their best to get Bob Stoops, which makes yeah. which makes a whole lot of sense from the people that I've spoken with, whose opinion I. Um, I put stock in. I'm, they're they're making a very legitimate uh, effort at this, and I commend them. And it's a look you you gotta you gotta be fully committed uh, to really go about this process. And there would appear to be a level uh, that Florida State wants to um, and just fully <laughs> fully invest, and it and it absolutely realizes that football is uh, is what drives the ship. And uh, if they want to be successful at any other sport, and to an extent, if they want to be 
as successful as it can be as a university, uh, that they have to have the best uh, representation kind of in the front window that is the football program. And uh, they're going to they're going to make a very serious effort uh, to make Bob Stoops tell him no. So it's a it's a process that, uh, you know, may take another may take another uh, week. It, it may be something. But I, I believe that the beginning of next week, if we're entering Monday and Tuesday and you're not hearing additional names, uh, then I would begin to look at this Stoops process as, as being one where progress has been made and progress has been made to the extent that they're willing to perhaps sacrifice how successful of a search they would be to look at other candidates. I think that's fair. The other thing I think that would lead you to believe this is, first of all, if you think Bob Stoops wants back in to college coaching, and I don't know if he does or not, all right? Like, I really don't. I mean, he he may, but he may not. Like, the guy is retired, and, I mean, he – he had an incredible career at Oklahoma. He's 59. That's not old, but it's not the youngest guy in the world. I'll say this. Because he's 59, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of people knocking at his door at like when he's like 64, 65 to take over, you know, an elite level program like like Florida State is. Warts and all, it's still a really, you know, a really dependable job. I went through in my with my head in this day and I thought about this. I said, all right, if I'm Bob Stoops, if I'm taking the lay of the land. Which jobs do I think that are like this caliber could reasonably open for me anytime soon? And I thought about it. Florida, no. Look, Mullen may never get a national championship for Florida because of the recruiting thing. But it's really hard for me to see him not be in there another five years unless something happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think that's that's fair to say. So, okay. Well, how about uh, um, how about Georgia? Probably not, right? Like Bob Stoops is probably not going to be on Georgia's list. Could Auburn? Sure, but but like if you're Bob Stoops, I mean, do you want to deal with an Auburn level crazy? I I, I kind of doubt it, especially not now with with A and M being in that division and they're really playing for keeps too. Bama is probably not going to go after uh, Bob Stoops. I wouldn't think. Just I don't know if that's necessarily a fit. LSU seems to have a, a thing with Orgeron they like a lot, and I don't think Orgeron's really much of a threat to go, like to, to um, I don't want to say like to the NFL. I'm just going around here. Ohio State is is not really much of a fit. I, I don't think I know he's from Ohio, but that's not likely to open anytime soon. And he's more of a Youngstown guy. He's not really a Columbus guy. Michigan, I can't write it off, but like. He's they they tend to do that Michigan man thing uh, quite often to their detriment. Oklahoma doesn't. I don't think he's going to go back to Oklahoma. Would Texas really hire Bob Stoops? I mean, if they were smart, perhaps if if they had an opening. But again, does Texas really project to open uh, right now? You know, Penn State. I guess we could see. I'm not really entirely sure how that would all play out there. My my point here is like. It's not that often that a job like Florida State opens, and it's not really that often that one of these level of jobs opens. You're available. You are like very attractive at the same time. You see what I'm saying? And so if you're Stoops and you have any, any inkling that you want to get back into college coaching, and I'm not convinced he does, by the way, and I'll get to that in a second, 
this is one of those ones that you do kind of need to think hard about. So, on the other side, here's the things that, that would make you believe that there's nothing to this, right? That, that all the national media is right and that, like, Florida State people are just nuts. Number one, uh, Stoops came out and said he's not a candidate to Kirk Herbstreit. That was right around the time, I think, that the AD said he is a candidate. So, take that for what it's worth. Um, there's a lot of people that say they're not candidates to things. Certainly the most famous of them being Nick Saban saying, I'm not a candidate. <laughs> or I'm not going to be the coach at Alabama, right? And then he ended up being the coach at Alabama. So it's possible, certainly, for uh, for him to um, to be the coach, despite the fact that he said he was not a candidate. Now, nobody outside the program seems to believe a word of this. That, to me, I think, is a red flag if you're a Florida State fan who is all in on the belief that they're going to get Bob Stoops right now. Because I know a lot of these guys in the national media, like we, we swap notes on stuff. And I'm talking not like the ones you think are blowhards, although some of those too. But like the people who I think you respect and who you would listen to and, and who legitimately break news and have a lot of contacts and have even better agent industry contacts than I do. Much better. I don't know anybody in that in that realm who like like nobody and just name your, your big time college ball guy. Like, at a time like this, we usually swap DMs and stuff. Most of them follow me. None of them think there's anything to this at all. Like, if this is going down, there's not, like, a whole lot of talk in the agent community about it being Stoops. There's not talk about, hey, Bob Stoops wants to get back in. Those are people who have good contacts at Oklahoma, too. Nobody at Oklahoma believes any of this. Um, that's a fairly important thing. And why do they not believe it? Well, there's, there's a couple reasons. Here's two. Number one, Stoops was pretty well known for not liking recruiting in the SEC. And the SEC, Florida State's not in it, but it does have to recruit SEC style. The, the, the recruiting battles Florida State fights are no doubt SEC recruiting battles. And, Stoops and it's was, only, only gotten worse since Bob has had exposure to it. Uh, correct. So, yeah. so, you know, if he's well known for not liking that, then that's a pretty uh, important thing that he would not want to jump back into. Now, number two, okay. Now, Bob Stoops walked away because he didn't want to die on the sidelines like his dad did. Like That's the story. His dad was a coach, and his dad, I believe, had a heart attack and died on the sidelines, correct? Like that's Yeah, his dad's a real famous coach from Youngstown, Ohio, and the family. There's a big story behind it. But, yeah, that's that's more or less the way that it worked. And he and, and within that, he seems to be enjoying retirement a lot. Like, he gets he, he gets photographed at, like, concerts, you know. Last night, he's at, or two nights ago, he's at the Hard Rock at, at, a, at a benefit for the Dan Marino Foundation. He's hawking tequila, right? He's grown, like, a retirement beard. Um, I know he's kind of out of retirement coaching the XFL team, in Dallas, but I hardly think that's the same hours required as being a college head coach. Like this guy seems to be good at the retirement thing. Some of these coaches fail at retirement really badly. And I don't know Bob Stoops personally, and I'm not telling you that that he is failing at retirement or not, but from the social media stuff and from what people say, he seems to be enjoying the retirement that that, that he's in and the the kind of the limited work he's having to do with the Dallas Renegades. Here's the final one, or one of the final two, for why like people are not buying this. 
Stoops really, really values continuity of leadership. He did you know he had the same president, yeah. David Bourne? Yeah. This is important. This, yeah. Same president, David Bourne, same AD, Joe Castiglione at Oklahoma, I believe for the entirety of his 18-year tenure at OU. Guys, that doesn't happen. And there's people that tell you he would have probably gone, you know, like like not lasted there had he not had those guys so tightly with him. There is not a situation that could be further from that case than Florida State. Florida State internally is, I don't want to say it's a complete mess because I don't think that's accurate. It Like there is no stability. It is 100% known that there is going to be a good amount of turnover coming. Like the president and AD and booster president are not long for um, – for Florida State, they're like I know Coburn's now the, the permanent AD, but I don't think either of us expect he's going to be the long-term guy, right? At this point, and that's pretty well known in the industry as well. So you're talking about a guy who one of his one of his main things he loved about Oklahoma was that going to something that's completely different. Like why why would you sign up for that if you're Bob Stoops? And then the final one, uh, one of his sons coaches high school ball in Oklahoma. The other one of his sons. Uh, actually plays at Oklahoma right now, coaching the Dallas Renegades. He can very easily go and watch a Friday night game. He can go and watch a Saturday game. He can enjoy being with his family and seeing his sons. Y'all, that's not nothing, right? That, that that's a that's a pretty important thing here. That's a long list. If you want to know, like, oh, why do these national media people uh, kind of laugh at Florida State and, and mock Florida State? I just gave it to you there. First of all, they're not hearing anything about it, at least nothing they believe. Number two, there's all these reasons why it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for Bob Stoops to take Oklahoma or to, to take the Florida State job. So, and well, I, I think that those are all the reasons. You have more reasons they might not take it? Why Bob Stoops wouldn't take it? Because Florida State's not in a play. I mean, look, he he coached at Oklahoma, which is basically Oklahoma and Alabama. When you look at the two biggest uh, purebred programs in the country, at least in modern day, I'm not talking about Army or Notre Dame or whatever else. Um, man, if if you want to get like a, a two minute idea as to the facilities and Oklahoma's commitment to football, and I've talked about this ironically enough on the podcast previously, uh, when you're at work tomorrow and you're bored, Google uh, Oklahoma football coach's office and look at what that thing looks like. It looks like, uh, I think it's like 1,200 1, square feet of... Uh, of just oil money and ridiculousness uh, abounding amongst a football program or football facilities. And that's a, you know, Florida State has nice facilities and they have uh, the tools that are necessary to win, but the financial situations would be drastically, drastically different. And I would wonder if a guy at 59 would want to come back uh, and compete without having every resource in the world available to him, which I think Florida State will cough up money. I also am fairly comfortable that Florida State realizes that this is a little bit different than other jobs and that you have to be able to find people who acknowledge that and work within the um, kind of the confines of what they have and what they're able to offer. I think that's very fair. Um, All right, so... 
With all that said, let's go ahead and, man, we are running long on this. I, I didn't realize this. Okay, but we're, we're fine. Let's say that Bob's like, hey, no, I, I don't want to take this job. But what would be the absolute best offer you could give me to get me to say yes, just in case, right? Like maybe maybe like if you were to role play it, you know, and, and you got Bob and his agent, he's like, you know what, man, I don't want to take this job. But just in case, like, like see, see exactly what they would offer. It's been a couple of years, you know, obviously I wanted to enjoy my retirement, but let's just see what, what I could get if, if I actually wanted to do something like this. It's very possible Florida State and them could be in that stage right now, you know? So we, we kind of mocked this up. What would, what would Stoops potentially be in a position to ask for? Well, uh, first of all, I think he knows that uh, he has Florida State completely over the barrel. Florida State just dropped $17 million. That'll be reduced some as far as the offset when Willie gets another job. I do expect him to get a head coaching job, by the way, if he wants it. Uh, or he could go be a P5 uh, coordinator somewhere and, and make some pretty good money doing that. So that'll reduce some. But he, look, he knows they just they need somebody who's going to immediately boost interest, boost season ticket sales, and boost booster pledges. Like a big name. You don't, you don't drop that kind of money on somebody to go get – you know, somebody who has a career losing record and, uh, you know, that, 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 that kind of thing, right? Like you don't, you don't drop that kind of money to fire somebody and then enter into a slow rebuild by design. Stoops knows this. He knows he's got leverage. Because of FSU's reputation as being an internal cluster F, right, I think he'd be extremely justified in wanting to bring a lot of his own people. And I don't just mean coaches and I don't just mean support staff. I mean, like, People in people in the office, people in administration. I think he would want to bring. If, if I if I was taking that job, I wouldn't want to bring some of my own people. Now that might be a tough ask, right? Because that means firing some people, you know, making some changes in there who are longtime employees, not Willie guys, not Jimbo guys, just people who have been there forever. Who you know, maybe both staffs questioned, like, like I don't know how the hell they have that job, you know, and that's happened. So if you're if you're Bob. You could easily ask for that. You could ask for some money, right? Uh, he, he consistently had a top three salary in college football while coaching. If you want to have a top three salary in college football now, uh, you need to be making about $8 million a year. That's a huge number. That's, you know, it's, it's almost double what you were paying Willie. So, you know, just just thinking about it there. Um Interesting what what you would do with that. Yeah, and the salary is the least of your concerns. I think you make a great point with the other pieces that would come together. And the biggest thing is going to be um, everybody's going to have to acknowledge the fact that you you have an athletic director and the fact of, of Coburn right now. But that, uh, you know, there's going to time where Coburn's not the athletic director. And how do you acknowledge and structure the power structure um are the uh, you know who ultimately has call over certain things that athlete, that happened within the athletic department with an athletic director that hadn't been named? I mean, you're you're going are you going to give Bob Stoops carte blanche uh, and basically make him uh, above the athletic director? I guess if you get a chance to, you will. But uh, it's it's certainly an interesting way that you have to go about this process and to an extent 
I'm not going to say Bob Stutes would limit the athletic search, but I think it would make it would uh, make it less and more appealing on a per candidate basis. I mean, people are going to have to take that job knowing that they're not ultimately uh, the one with the loudest voice when it comes to running Florida State athletics. I, I agree with that. Um, and to be honest, the last guy had that in some ways, not Willie, but the prior guy. And it really was a bad thing in many ways behind the scenes, right? Because you didn't have an AD with, uh, with, with real power and the ability to check him. Um, personally, I'm against doing that. I, I, I'm against that. I think that's probably a bad idea. I think you need to run your organization top down. So you hire a president and then the president picks the AD and then the AD picks the coach. Clearly, they are not going to follow that process entirely here because you're going to have a new coach in place before you have your new AD in place. But I don't really love the idea of the new coach having or the new AD having to inherit a coach who has all these sort of strings attached that you have to work around as the new AD because I think that really limits your AD pool. And uh, and Florida State already has trouble hiring ADs. Um, I know a lot of people don't want to believe those reports, but they do uh, simply because of how the job is perceived and because of how the boosters uh, were structured. Now, I think part of the reason Florida State is restructuring the boosters and bringing them more in-house is to make it more uh, attractive and give more control to, uh, to any athletic department can- or you know, any AD candidates. Um, yeah, it, it absolutely is. The, the, I mean, they viewed themselves as, uh, you know, not the not the wealthiest athletic department, but um, in, in depending on whose eyes as appealing an athletic job in all of college athletics, you have football, but you also have the ability to compete and win at pretty much every sport that Florida state fields a team to the right person. That's as attractive a job as it is in America. And I know that the goal was to have this kind of reformation take place over the next two years or so, and be able to, uh, court the best person possible in the country and turn over athletics entirely to the athletics director, which is something that hasn't really happened ever. And it, you might have to go back to like Dave Hart to find a true athletic director who had, um, you know, his word rule the day. Exactly. So, um, for our younger listeners, what, Dave Hart left in the late 90s or something like that? I mean, to give people an idea as to how long that's been? Yeah, I'm trying to think exactly when Dave left. Um, he did a good job. He rubbed some people the wrong way, but I, I think you'll uh, – uh, <laughs> I think that's going to happen in every hindsight, every damn position you ever take. I think yeah. hindsight shines very favorably on, on what Dave Hart did. Yeah. He left in 2007. Okay. So – uh, not not late nineties. He was at Florida was State from ninety five to two thousand seven. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then we had um, uh, Spetman, which was, whew, okay, uh, bake sale. All right. Now here's something for you, and this is just rampant speculation, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it's I, no, I don't think I've heard this anywhere else, uh, and so it's just something that made me think about it a little bit. What if Stoops got got a say in who the AD was? Like, would you be willing to go that far? I, I would tell you I would not. <laughs> I don't think it's good for the right for the football coach to pick the AD. Most people don't get to pick who their boss is. With, with, with maybe one exception here. If the guy that Stoops was going to pick was somebody who you, you already were strongly considering uh, for the position, then maybe. And, and in this case, there actually is a guy 
who I know a lot of insiders have floated as a strong candidate for the position when it opens, and that would be Greg Phillips. Greg Phillips, who was at Florida State for a long time as an associate athletic director, then he went to Oklahoma, then he went to IMG. Uh, at He was at Oklahoma for a while. Like This is somebody that, that Stoops would know, would have worked with, uh, and would be familiar with and, and likely comfortable with because he worked under Joe Castiglione. If, and I'm, this is a huge if, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm, I'm trying to picture like what Stoops could actually be in position to demand and what Florida State could be in position to say yes or no to. But if he said like, hey, I'll take this, but Greg Phillips has to be the AD when, when Coburn leaves. Here, you're actually kind of, you're passing the buck and, and you're not hamstringing the AD. You're almost hamstringing the new president, right? And telling him, hey, this is our deal. You're going to have a new, like this guy's going to come in and be the, the new AD. If the president is, is a guy who's a real big academic, he probably would say, fine, I don't care. If the president is somebody who's also really interested in athletics, he, he might want to lead his own search a little more, right? But that's not the craziest thing in the world if you really thought Phillips was going to be a guy that you'd consider hiring anyway and if Stoops liked him. So now we're really into like the fan fiction thing here. I just wanted to bring that up because I was thinking – I was having a chat with somebody and saying, hey, like what can he actually demand? And if I'm Bob, first of all, I'm probably not coming back and taking the job. But if I was, I'm, I'm going to demand all this kind of stuff. And if Florida State's desperate enough, I'll get it. Yeah, it's really interesting, and it's hard to have uh, you know different or unique information. And I uh, am, am glad that we're able to offer uh, that name. And it's a, it's just a situation. It's not anything that uh, we're saying is is out there and agreed upon. But it's a, a name that perhaps would be a little bit of a unique um, you know unique tie with Stoops, and would be able to bridge some of the ambiguity uh, as to who would be the in the position and. Maybe some of his concern as to who he would be, uh, I won't even say working under, but working with uh, in the athletic department. Um, I think from there we probably transition to um, how long does this play out? Like how, how long does Florida State, is it well served? Uh, so I firmly believe that they're pursuing Bob Stutes, and I, I think there is some legitimacy there. Or otherwise, uh, the people who are running this search need to be replaced uh, because they're more or less wasting uh, some time. And I don't think that the people are um, are doing that at all. I think this is a very legitimate interaction, and Florida State is trying to figure out as to whether or not this is something that they can make uh, you know see through to fruition. So, how long, in your opinion, Bud? Is this something that you make your priority and uh, pursue Stoops and, and Stoops alone? I, I think you need to keep doing it until you no longer see any progress. Like if the answer you keep getting is, no, I'm all right. Like, hey, man, we really appreciate it. This is flattering, but no, you know, like then you need to then you need to move on and, and go for a more realistic candidate. If you keep kind of making a little progress on a deal and you're actually having like active back and forth, right, which I mean – like that could take a long, long time. Uh, but I, I think you need to use at least another week on this if you're seeing any kind of positive progress in your mind. David Coburn today, um, I believe, said that uh, the hire would likely be made by the end of the month. Um, now, by the end of the month could mean November 30th. It could mean like November 20th. You know, that, that would also be by the end of the month. Um, but I, I 
one of the benefits you have here is because you fired really Taggart so early, you are going to have some time to uh, to figure out some stuff. I think you'll know by the end of the weekend as to whether or not Florida State is a legitimate candidate with Bob Stoops. Again, I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier. If, if Monday and Tuesday Monday come around Tuesday. Yeah. And, and we don't start hearing reports of uh, you know Matt Campbell or other names that we'll get to in a second, then I think that uh, you've made some significant progress and that there's some very real legitimacy to this. So, um, you know, I, that's that's what I would look for. And I think if you don't see uh, – you know, a gear shift take place, then then this becomes a very real serious conversation. All right. Um, so we uh, th- they also need to be doing the due diligence, of course, on the background of these guys. Uh, I think that's that's been obvious and pretty important. Um, so not not just Stoops, but but of the other guys, and they need to be ready. You know, and, and reaching out and feeling out some people behind the scenes anyway. I I think later this week. Um, just in case. Like, you, you can't be starting from scratch next week, and I, I don't believe they are. That's one of the reasons you hire the search firm. Absolutely. And one thing I'll say before we pivot away from this is that uh, when we brought up Stoops, I think you asked me on the past podcast, like, what I thought of the hire, and I said I would give it, like, an A-, minus. and I think people thought that I was non-plus by that. No, I, I think Stoops, there's only so many people in this world that you can stamp A-plus home run higher on and Florida State's not going to sign him and they're not going to be their next head coach uh, Bob Stoops would be uh, as big of a get as they could get and I would it would show uh, a real commitment to Florida State supporters and a real real commitment to the college football world uh, that Florida State doesn't see itself going anywhere it would be um, a massive get and I would be personally would be thrilled so thrilled that I would uh I'll tell you right now, <laughs> we will uh, get in touch with Matt Thompson and his team at Madison Social. And if Florida State hires Bob Stoops, uh, I will open up a rather significant uh, beer tab or a, uh, a tab one evening and let uh, let the Tallahassee faithful uh, enjoy in such a thing. It would be a great would be a great thing for the football program. And I'm not saying it would be successful, but it would be incredible as far as the perception and dispel. Um, rather accurate or not, dispel some of the popular uh, connotations that come with Florida State's financial commitment to football. So uh, whether it be me buying a bunch of people beer at Madison Social or the ability to work with them uh, for an event or anything else that comes up, uh, please do keep them in mind. They've been a fantastic sponsor of the Nolcast since day one. Uh, Matt Thompson and his team are uh, ready to work with anybody that has a uh, upcoming corporate event or party. Uh, they can do anything from a small catered lunch to uh, parties as large as 500 people. Contact Matt directly at Matt at For the Table Hospitality. Again, that's Matt at For the Table Hospitality dot com. And uh, obviously, we give our full endorsement. Man, we're just spending money now. I, I like this. If Stoops comes. That was my money, not podcast money. Oh, but okay. I, I, I didn't, yeah. I, didn't <laughs> I was saying, just, I'm doing our T-shirt uh, order tonight, dude. Yeah, we we got didn't just <laughs> offer to spend 200 a year dollars so that uh, we can celebrate Bob Stoops. Don't worry. I like it. All right. So, speaking of ordering things, uh, I'm ordering the shirts uh, for the Patreon listeners who are supporting us at the $1 per show uh, level. And uh, that's pretty cool. 
We have, I think, about 100 of those going out. Patreon.com slash Nolcast. And uh, very excited there. And we asked the people to put the names out that they uh, would like us to analyze a little bit further, whether they'd be a good fit for Florida State and what some of their credentials are. And uh, we asked you all to upvote those. Um, so you know, kind of take a scan there and upvote those if you would. And uh, we, we got a couple names here that we're going to break down. Okay, so the first one and the one that received uh, the most interest on our uh, Patreon account was James Franklin. So uh, Franklin's somebody that uh, the vast majority of the college football world would be very familiar with, currently at Penn State, been there since 2014, previously at Vanderbilt, and uh, before that was at Maryland. And I I think, didn't he briefly have the old uh, HCIW tab put on him for a second there as well? but a real slick guy, uh, known as a salesman, uh, aggressive recruiter, and uh, a guy that's found some found some traction after returning home uh, to coach at Penn State. He's from uh, uh, what is it, Langhorne, Pennsylvania. So um, that would be that would be an interesting idea trying to get him. Right. So uh, I would say that uh, that Franklin would be a home run hire. I think he would recruit like crazy. In Tallahassee, he's obviously had a, had a ton of success. He's been to, you know, a Rose Bowl, a Fiesta Bowl. Like he's he's an ex. He does a really good job. He understands how to run an organization. Um, and there's a real cult of personality thing there for sure. Uh, a lot of coaches don't like him. They think he's like a salesman. And you know, to quote Stephen Godfrey, like yeah, and he does or he doesn't deny it, right? Like he's he's like yeah, uh, that's a big part of the job is you have to be able to sell your vision to recruits to boosters. All that kind of stuff. Um, I don't really see any real downsides here. If you could get him, he is a Pennsylvania native. I think he likes Penn State. And my one concern here, if Florida State were to go down this road, with first of all, like the timing would be interesting because Penn State is probably going to be in the uh, in the Big Ten t- like title hunt for another two three weeks until they have to go play Ohio State in Columbus. But, look, USC is going to open as well, everybody expects. And there's a chance that USC says, no, we're not going to hire Urban Meyer. We're not going to take on that headache. And if they say that, you know, you may end up having a a thing here to where, okay, who's the most next logical candidate? It'd be James Franklin. Now, what job would you rather have? I think there's no doubt you would rather have USC than Florida State, given Florida State's current internal situation uh, money-wise, stability-wise, administration-wise, right? Like, you don't really want to go work for this administration. It's a temporary administration all, all, almost all the way across the board, and it just had budget cuts. Um, so USC is a different job, too. I mean, the, it, and I don't mean different like, oh, it's better. It's just location. See, it's the only school west of the Rockies that is willing and ready to play big boy football. If, if you get it right at USC – the program you could you know aspects of the program i'm not talking totally but the recruiting aspect you could damn near put on autopilot and you're just going to rake and there's no other college job in the country that has that uh rather unique twist to it can you imagine james franklin at usc like he would kill it there i think um all right so to me there's really no downside there he's he's young my only real concern would be, like, are they using you to get more out of USC? 
right? Like you don't want to be, you don't, you don't want to be kind of kind of like the pawn piece here. Like if Florida, if, if Florida State goes down that road, I think it has to be real careful that it's not getting sort of used as a bargaining chip to get the ideal deal at USC. That's my only real reservation there, um, at least that I'm willing to talk about. You obviously had the Vanderbilt stuff, but it doesn't look like anything has come of that at this point. So um, that's probably not a huge deal, I would think. So He was uh, certainly a name associated in the 2017 search. Do you remember any kind of uh, feedback or, uh, I mean, do you know if they ever even made contact with him? I'm- they, de- they definitely did. Um, and I, I don't know exactly the feedback they got there. Um, if maybe they had something to turn them off, I, I don't know. He was definitely, uh, you know, he was he was the preferred candidate in one or two people's eyes. I, I certainly remember that. Um, all right, next guy, PJ Fleck, Minnesota, Western Michigan. Um, actually played the league for two years as a wide receiver. Um, interesting guy, somebody I'm not wild about. Have questions of culture fit. Have questions as to how well his message would uh, would work at Florida State, but uh, somebody whose name has been associated with the position um, and any kind of rumors uh, if it would open pretty much since day one. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that PJ Fleck could certainly do a good job, but I also would have some reservations. He's a guy who uh, has almost like a cult like ability to get people to follow him. Um, we, we've seen some of the recruiting he's done. And, like, he has a real ability to somehow keep guys committed to him um, at Minnesota, despite the fact that some of the big boys have come calling. I mean, he, he really kind of creates true believers out, out of people. Now, if you were to hire P.J. Fleck, it becomes all about P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck is like a total control guy. He wants control over every single little thing. Um, I don't know how well that would work at, at, at Florida State, a place that, like, oftentimes seems internally it doesn't even communicate very well. Right. Like this, they would really have to kind of get in line there. I also would have some concerns here. Right. Because we know how coaching searches work. If you just had an offensive guy, you go get a defensive guy. If you get a, if you had a defensive guy, you go get an offensive guy. If you had a disciplinarian, you go get a player's coach. If you had a player's coach, you go get a disciplinarian. It, it, it doesn't make any logical sense. It's just kind of how things seem to go. It's, it's silly in that way. But you just had a guy who was a big catchphrase guy. And you would be doubling down on the catchphrase fit extremely, extremely. I mean, the row of the boat stuff is constant. It almost feels like P.J. Fleck. If you like, Go watch a P.J. Fleck press conference. It's, I don't want to say it's disingenuous, but man, it's like everything is a canned answer almost. It's like just no real, I don't know, it's hard to describe. Just just go watch it and like, man, like this guy, like did he plan that all his answers and just like he's just trying to stay on message on everything regardless of, of, of the situation in some ways, uh, in some ways I, I think so. Um, the other thing I would have concern about here is is twofold. Number one, would P.J. Fleck be considered for this job if he, if he was not undefeated in Minnesota? My answer, I think, is no. Now, why is that important? Well, to me, uh, that's important because Minnesota's record this year is a total fraud. They are 8-0. They do not deserve to be 8-0 at all. They were like incredibly lucky 
to get wins in their first three games. And those first three games were against South Dakota State, Fresno State, and Georgia Southern. They beat South Dakota State, which is an FCS team, 28-21. They lost, or excuse me, they, they beat Fresno State 38-35, and they beat Georgia Southern 35-32. Now, here's the other thing, too. They've run off five straight wins in the Big Ten. That sounds good, but here's the teams they've beaten. Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland. I think maybe one of those teams will go bowling maximum. Now, here's another thing for you. Check this out. Ingram, do you know how many of those those teams had their starting quarterbacks against Minnesota? Of the uh, Big Ten teams? Of the recent of the, of the recent five, yeah, the the, the Big Ten slate. Uh, uh, fond follower of one Bud Elliott uh, three on Twitter, I believe I saw use is it zero of five. Correct. Yeah, zero of five had their starting quarterback, and uh, two or three of the five had their third string quarterback against Minnesota. So ask yourself, like, if if one of your justifications for wanting PJ Fleck is that he's undefeated. You need to ask yourself, what does undefeated in this context really mean? You you somehow managed to grab like the five worst teams in the Big Twelve or in the Big Ten, that not including Northwestern, and play them all when they had their backup quarterbacks. It's it's pretty remarkable. Um, also, uh, in Georgia Southern, the uh, the Georgia Southern quarterback got hurt, and I think the Fresno kid got hurt too, but he didn't like it wasn't like like a whole game. Uh, type thing, yeah. Against Georgia Southern, uh, Justin Tomlin, not Shy Wirtz, was the uh, um, was the QB. So actually, six complete games there without the starting quarterback. Did he miss that because of injury? He didn't miss that because the bird poop incident, did he? Okay. No, it, it was an injury he had against oh, LSU. Good deal. Oh. Um, yeah. So if you again, if your justification is something along the lines of he's undefeated. I would strongly suggest pump the brakes. Now, I have a further concern here a little bit of why I'm just not totally a, a total believer in this. A lot of people, and this relates to Willie Taggart too, a lot of people are like, well, Willie Taggart, he, you know, Eric Flowers made him at USF, and that kind of ignores the other improvements he made to the program and you know what he did at Western Kentucky and on pace to have the best recruiting class in Oregon history, all that kind of stuff. But here's something for you. Uh, P.J. Fleck had an undefeated team in the MAC, which is a much worse, much worse, much worse, much worse conference than the AAC. Like, not even really comparable. Um, and he had an NFL quarterback and NFL receiver on that team. And they ran through the MAC, not surprisingly. So if you're going to make the argument that, oh, well, you know, Taggart, um, he was carried by, by Eric Flowers, the quarterback, and you use that as a negative, you really can't use the whole, like, hey, P.J. Fleck you know, was carried by an NFL quarterback-receiver combo at Western Michigan in a worse league and use that as a positive. You see what I'm saying? So I do have some concerns here. And yet I think the guy, there's a lot. To, there's also a lot to like about the guy. I think he understands um, how to put together an organization. We'll see how he does if he stays at one place for longer than a couple of years. He just signed or just agreed to a contract extension have we seen how much that increases the buyout? Somebody was telling me it's one million per additional year, which wouldn't make it impossible, but maybe you know not. Wouldn't as make easy. it impossible, and I don't. Isn't he uh, not set to sign that thing for another three or four weeks or something like that? I'm not sure about that, but I, I don't know that that's uh, you know immediately goes into effect. So 
Uh, look, PJ Fleck wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be my candidate, and it'd be a hard hard no for me. But uh, you know, there's certainly some of things out there appealing uh, about him and, and what he's done. All right, the Nolcast comes to you live from the Resolution Home Loan Studios. Nolcast brought to you by Resolution Home Loans. That's who I got for my mortgage. I use Shannon Young. Shannon is the best loan guy in the business. Tons of experience. I believe we have 40 Nolcast listeners now who have used Resolution Home Loans to also get their home. It's easy to see why. When you call 844-FSU-LOAN or you visit FSUHomeLoans.com, you're going to get a great experience. It starts with awesome customer service. The product they deliver is unparalleled. They can give you a great rate. They'll walk you through the process and they want to get you closed fast. If you happen to be um, in, in public safety, so fire, police, EMT, that kind of thing, the Hamilton for Heroes program is also a great thing to take advantage of. I know we have several listeners that have also done that. And uh, so give them a call, 844-FSU-LOAN or visit FSUHomeLoans.com and I'm sure you'll be happy with it. Mike Norvell, interesting, interesting name here. This is a 38-year-old Mike Norvell, currently at Memphis. Uh, most of his history is kind of in the uh, Mid-South to Texas, uh, Oklahoma corridor, uh, having played college football in Arkansas, coached uh, at Arkansas in Memphis currently. Um, Tulsa, Central Arkansas are the two places where he spent most of his time has had a nice uh, has nice had a nice four year unreal has had a nice four year run at Memphis and uh, has some things that are uh, appealing about him but also a guy that um, you know hasn't hasn't had a whole lot of traction at some of these other uh, big time job offers when his name's been brought up all right so um, a lot a lot to like about Mike Norvell I think he's a good designer of offense I think he's done a nice job of hiring uh, coaches when other coaches have been plucked away off his staff. To me, that's an important ability, right, is the ability to hire and to find out other guys, like to, to make good hires repeatedly, not just keep them with the same group of guys all the time. However, your point, uh, I think, is extremely well made. Like, why has he not gotten more traction before? It's not like he just started having success at Memphis. And, you know, the Florida search, the Arkansas search, the Tennessee search, the Old Miss search. As far as I know, he really didn't make. Uh, um, he really didn't make it to like the the final list of finalists for them. And and I don't know why that is, not exactly. But it does make me kind of wonder, like, what. Like, why? You know what I mean? So that's maybe something you hire a search firm for and you you figure that out. But I'll also tell you, like, there are certain sports writers I follow who do include him on lists. And then there are certain ones who kind of like it's it's a notable omission that they, they don't really include him for jobs. So I'm telling you, I don't know why, but I'm a little surprised like those four recent larger openings in the South that he wasn't really considered as one of the finalists. Like, why? if you're Tennessee, why do you not go get Mike Norvell as opposed to, like, Jeremy Pruitt, you know? Florida, I get, you, you end up getting Dan Mullen, although Mullen had interviewed and failed for a lot of jobs prior. Arkansas goes Chad Morris over him. 
I mean, Norvell, I think, had a lot more success than Chad Morris had. And Ole Miss goes Matt Luke. I would much rather have um, uh, Mike Norvell than Matt Luke. So that was curious to me. Certainly, I just – that's my question. It's like, why, why does he not make it deeper in these interview processes? Another guy whose uh, kind of history is anchored in the same part of the country, Gus Malzahn, uh, famously a high school coach in Arkansas who's kind of uh, made his way through the ranks, uh, I think first appeared at Auburn in 2010, uh, left to take the uh, – what the uh, – uh, which Arkansas? Uh, Arkansas State. Yeah, thank you. Arkansas State job for a year came back to Auburn as its head coach in 2013. So uh, a guy who's been at Auburn for a while, a guy who uh, I'll chalk that up majority to just kind of Auburn craziness, uh, but a guy who's always kind of seemingly has his eye as to what's out there as well. Um, And, you know, a guy who might uh, uh, both parties at some point are probably going to shake each other's hand, thank, <laughs> thank each other for the memories, and, and go about their separate ways. So, uh, Gus Malzahn's an, an interesting name, and you know, foreign, foreign large, at least until the next candidate, uh, the oldest of the uh, four people that we've spoken about. Indeed. Uh, so, Malzahn's a guy who a lot of people thought was going to leave for Arkansas a while back, and then Jimbo would take the uh, the Auburn job, and they ended up having to take the A and M job because Auburn didn't open. Uh, because, well, if you recall, um, Gus Malzahn ended up beating Georgia and Alabama in back-to-back weeks there in 2017, and so it became a bit of an issue. Like, you're not going to let that guy walk and, uh, and and go to the Razorbacks if, uh, you know, if, if he just beat <laughs> beat those guys. So, kind of curious, but, uh, but, but interesting nonetheless. This one was floated out by uh, Dan Wolken of USA Today, who I know everybody loves. And I, I don't really have a problem with Dan. Um, I've been friendly with him for a while. So, you know, just kind of an interesting one. I think if you're talking about a guy who understands how to run a program, check. He understands how to, how to deal with boosters. Uh, also, check. Understands how to make good hires. I, I think I would say yes. Um, understands how to develop quarterbacks. Probably one of the knocks on him is, is, is his quarterback development. Not always uh, – not always having quarterbacks develop in his system. A lot of the Auburn people hate the offense that he runs. I kind of wonder if some of that is because the defensive lines you face on a regular basis are literally Georgia, LSU, Bama on the schedule every single year, and then recently Mississippi State, which has been uh, really difficult. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my thoughts there on Gus Malzahn. Um, of course, if any of these guys emerge as a more serious candidate, we will – I review them um, even more. But uh, one last guy we probably need to talk about. Odell Haggins. Uh, I think he was actually the second most upvoted candidate. And, um, man, I could see I could see a path where if, if you get told no uh, at one place and maybe somebody else uses you as a leverage, I could see a path where Florida State could kind of come home to Odell. Uh, for a, a two-year period or something like that, I I, I don't think it's uh, possible. Oh, no, let me say it's certainly possible. I don't think it's probable. Uh, but if Florida State swings and misses, and Florida State maybe has another swing and a miss, and they decide they don't want to go through this process, and that this field of candidates is just not the one where they want to make their uh, financial, you know, make their financial bed, then uh, I don't think it's 
you know, you have to find too hard of a situation uh, to have Odell. And that's, look, if the team comes out and plays well against Boston College, shows any kind of pulse against Florida, um, I think Odell could silently kind of make his way up this board. Yeah. Uh, so why would, uh, you know, why why would like Odell not be the right fit here? To me, it's pretty simple. Um, the comparison is made to, to Ed Orgeron, right? Like, let Odell be the head coach. Like, Orgeron is and hire some great coordinators. Here's the thing I see is that Orgeron is a guy who has wanted to be a head coach. He took active steps to being a head coach, right? Like, he was known as a great recruiter, like, above and beyond, like, nationally. And Odell's a, a good recruiter, but I don't think he's quite on that same level as, as what Orgeron was. I don't know that Odell wants this. Additionally, Odell did not get a job the caliber, or excuse me, Orgeron did not get a head coaching job the caliber of Florida State his first time out. He got a job at Ole Miss, and he failed spectacularly at Ole Miss. I mean, really, and, and he'll talk about it openly. Like He was terrible at Ole Miss. Then he went and he was the interim at USC and did a decent job, and then he went to LSU, and his first year at LSU was actually pretty poor, uh, by their standards, he had to make some more coaching changes. Florida State does not have time to let Odell Odell like learn and grow as a coach. Like this is not Ole Miss. If Odell had, had gone away and become a head coach somewhere else first, um, then that would make a lot more sense. But as of now, uh, I, I have a hard time believing that he would replicate uh, what what Ed Orgeron is doing at LSU. Yeah. yeah. So. Um... We'll continue to update you, obviously, on this. I uh, feel like Bud and I have a, a decent idea as to what's going on uh, within this athletic department, and we'll uh, bring you as good of a follow of this search uh, as possible. As always, appreciate the support that we receive from our sponsors. Uh, thank you, you the listeners, for uh, all the support you've given us over the years. And if you feel so comfortable giving us a five-star review on iTunes, those are always appreciated and silly important in uh, when it comes to the growth of the Nullcast. So until next time, uh, Bud and I thank you. We'll talk soon.